Right about now, you are listening to the Legacy and Leadership Podcast, a show where we discuss living as a leader worth following, leading others to do the same, and in doing so, leaving a legacy for future generations. My name is Jimmy Gonzalez Jr., a learning and development professional and leadership coach, sitting down with my co-host, Anthony Devon Watts Jr., an expert contact center leader that has effectively led and developed dynamic teams with high motivation. Together, we have over 30 years experience in the corporate game. Join us as we discuss our growth as leaders, share the lessons we've learned, and interview others to see how their leadership style was shaped as they were mentored by adversity. Legacy leaders, we are back at you with the Legacy in Leadership podcast. Uh, This is episode 20 which we are very excited about. Uh, I am your co-host, Jimmy Gonzalez Jr., along with my boy, Anthony Devon Watts Jr. And again, because this is NBA, our Mentored by Adversity series, actually the fifth one, our fifth installment in our series, uh, another very good friend of mine, Jay Jackson, is with us today. Good evening, sir. How you doing? Man, I'm doing well, man. I'm happy to be here, man. And congratulations on number 20. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> Definitely happy to have you. Uh, and yeah, we're excited about the 20th episode. We've been trucking along for the last about four months. Uh, and again, just very excited about the the progress and this what we call legacy leader tribe and community that is continuing to grow. So, uh, so for our folks out there, again, so our hashtag legacy leaders, uh, if you haven't done so yet, Definitely want to make sure that you continue to, to rock with us and follow us on all uh, social media platforms. Make sure that you follow us on Instagram at Legacy Leadership. You can find us on LinkedIn for our LinkedIn pros. Also on Facebook at Legacy in Leadership Podcast. We're on Twitter as well uh, with the same handle at Legacy Leadership. Uh, and then, of course, wherever you're listening to us on all the major podcast platforms. Uh, Make sure if you haven't done so already that you're liking the episodes, leave us some reviews. Uh, We truly, truly appreciate the reviews and the feedback that you're getting, that we're getting from you. Uh, And of course, uh, if you're looking and watching on the YouTube channel, make sure that you subscribe, that you hit the little bell, give us a little bit a like, and then you know hit the bell so you can get the alerts of all of the new videos that we have coming out and the bonus videos. Um, we, we're, we're starting to, to throw in some additional content for you guys uh, and some bonus videos as well. So if you hit the alert and you'll always be alerted to the new videos and you'll be ready to go. Uh, <laughs> yes, and then make sure yeah, that you're sharing, uh, again, sharing the podcast, sharing the video with friends and family and other individuals that you feel want to and need to be a part of this legacy leadership tribe. So I hear something in the back. Somebody over there practicing. Oh, man. You you know, COVID got, uh, you know, has uh, school taking place at the house. So we definitely got a, a little a few lessons going on here. OK, <laughs> a few saxophone lessons, the saxophone lessons. OK, OK. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we, we were talking a little bit about that. Um, just, you know, kind of reminiscing uh, again. You know, Jay is we're going to get into um, just what he does and, and the uh, the work that he's doing in the community. Uh, but again, we go way back, and I'm, I will say again, very happy about the fact that another Evans graduate and alumni, yeehaw, yeehaw, yeehaw. <laughs> representing. Um, and while we were Absolutely. friends as well, we were definitely bandmates. Uh, you were playing the trumpet. I also played the saxophone. Uh, so a lot of great memories uh, following our, our fantastic football team in the early 90s. 
Yeah, yeah. That went one time at band camp. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so much fun. Um, it's definitely cool, man, back then and even now, just to see you from a creative perspective, uh, leading in the community, leading your home, and, and hopefully uh, inspiring uh, the family and folks around you again to just continue to be creative and, and follow those particular pursuits. Um, so for our listeners out there, Definitely, again, an alum of Evans High School, the chairman and CEO of Rise, um, which is a media production company. Won't you tell us a little bit about the, the organization, the company itself? Oh, man, phenomenal. Well, you know, Rise, we're in the media and marketing space, man. So have, we launched this company, you know, 10 years ago. Actually, just, we're hitting 10 years in two, uh, next year. And so um, Rise stands for recognizing the young, successful and empowered. And uh, we really are storytellers at our core, man. We love telling dynamic and empowering stories. Uh, we're really about making sure that uh, we control the narrative and, and are making sure that we're putting out, you know, positive narratives, um, you know, from communities of color. And so that's at the core of what we do. It's so much more and we'll get into it, but, but that's at the core of what we do. Rise to elevate or increase in rank, status, position, reputation, fortune, influence, or power. Wow. Uh, representing young adults, 25 to 45. I still fit within that, that range. We're going to change that because I'm about to age out. I'm glad you brought that to my attention. Absolutely, brother. Yeah. Hey, yeah, we get age is state of mind. It's state of mind. Mm -hmm. You say that when you get older, right? Age yeah. is just state of mind. <laughs> Yeah, man. But no, I'm actually um, I'm actually excited, um, you know, just to kind of talk with you, Jay, and hear a bit about what you're doing in the community. I think especially mm -hmm. now more than ever. Right. Because um, I know like most folks were probably all, um, you know, waiting with bated breath to kind of see what the results of, you know, this current election is. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I would say. <clears throat> Uh, <clears throat> regardless of the outcome, you know, for mm -hmm. me, for me specifically, I really hope more than anything, the level of civic engagement that people have had over Absolutely. this year, like that continues post-election and people are really starting to think about ways that they can get involved more importantly, uh, mm -hmm. not just with their federal government, but right in their communities. Like, how can we mm -hmm. translate that same energy that's on the social media space to what's going on in the community? Yeah. And so it sounds yeah. like you've been doing that. So I want to hear yeah. a lot more about that. Man, you, you're so right. And to piggyback on what you just said, I actually just have it. So we're working on a, a development and, and, you know, I know we're going to get into the details, but just to piggyback on what you just said, I had a meeting today at the property with the city councilwoman who is who, you know, who is over the district of where we're doing this development at. And, and, and people overlook those local politicians, but they're the ones that have so much more of an impact on your community, right? And so, you know, just had that meeting at the property with her talking about the vision and she was talking about doors that she can open up and resources that she can help Amen. bring to the project. So, so, you know, whether it's Trump or whether it's Biden, whoever, ultimately wins the, the election. I'm sure by the, you know, we'll know by the time everything, you know, comes out, 
the, the reality is the people, the council members, the, the, the commissioners, the people right there on the on your, you know, right within your community, you know, those are the people you definitely need to be engaged with. And you need to be, you know, need to understand because it's not even from just a business standpoint, because, you know, business and politics goes hand in hand. But, you know, where the schools where your children grow to and right and where you live, all of that thing, all of those things are just so, so, so important in, in terms of knowing who your representatives are and engaging them because, um, you know, they're the ones that have the greatest impact. Mm, well said, you, Matt. Well said. Well, no, we can definitely just jump right in, man. Um, yeah, so uh, for for us and for our listeners, you know, tell us a little bit about you personally, professionally, and definitely, you know, you definitely want to hear the story about Rise and how that got started and some of the, the wonderful work that you guys are doing right now in the community. Man, you know, f- thank you, Jimmy. You know, the, the reality is, as, as you mentioned, I graduated from Evans High School. And, and the thing about Evans, we know that Evans was located you know, in Pine Hills, right? And, and for people who may not be familiar with with Pine Hills, Pine Hills was was also labeled Crime Hill. So that kind of gives you an idea of the type of community uh, that it was where our school was located at. And so growing up, man, that, that's the kind of community that I came from. And it's interesting when you come from those type of communities, you know, your, your exposure can sometimes be limited. And so when I was growing up, you know, I idolized the, the wrong crowd. I hung out with the wrong people. And and you know when you're young and you kind of come from those communities, you you kind of put material things right. Those material things are the things that you put value in because you don't have a lot of material things. And so when you see people that are successful, you equate that to the material things that they have. And so you know that was the things that I put value in growing up. And, and interestingly, man, I began to get exposed to different opportunities. And when I began to get exposed to those different opportunities, man, I, I, I understood the power of exposure and I understood the, mm. the power of, a, of, of stories and great stories and understanding people's stories. And so that was really the precipice behind, um, you know, rise. I, you know, when I graduated, you know, I, I didn't take the path to college. I know a lot of people, you know, do, and that's the path that they take. But that was a path that I was never pushed to because of the lack of exposure, because of the, you know, I didn't have that, you know, somebody pushing me from that perspective. So I went into the workforce. And I, I'll tell you a quick story um, that really kind of set the stage and planted the seed for me that really changed the, the, the direction of my life, man. I, I wound up getting this job working for Airborne Express and, and Many of you may be familiar with Airborne Express. You may not be, but, you know, very similar to FedEx or UPS. And, and I'll never forget, man, they gave me this this route that was on the east side of town. Now, we're from the west side, right? And so west side is kind of that, that's that that's the, 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 the predominantly black area. That's the, you know, that, that side of town. And so when they put me in this area that was the east side, that was like the more affluent area. And I wasn't very familiar with that area. And I remember telling the... Uh, telling the, the supervisors, man, you know, put me on the on the west side. That's where I'm comfortable at, right? We want to, we, we like to be in a place where we're comfortable. And so I'm like, that's where I'm comfortable. I, I'm telling you, I can do a great job if you just put me in this area where I'm comfortable. And uh, and they said, no, you know, we, we're going to put you, you know, either work the east side or you find a new job. And so the first two weeks on that job, man, I, I'll never forget, I had this bad attitude and I hated it. And I was delivering to all these people, residential houses and delivering you know and uh for this first two weeks just had a negative attitude after you know two weeks one day man i pull up to this house 
and it was like the the biggest house i had ever seen at the time i'm used to apartment complexes or shotgun houses and this i said man i have to know what it is that you know allow somebody what do they do that they live in a house like this and i went to that doorbell and we know how the delivery drops work they go to the door they leave the package you know ring the doorbell and they take off running right you know <laughs> you never see them right they take off running and hop in their vehicle and so that but this particular day man i was standing there and um i remember shaking i run the doorbell it's one o'clock in the afternoon and this gentleman answered the door in shorts and a t-shirt and, and i said well sir you know i'm your delivery job driver my name is jay jackson and i was just wondering you know what do you do you know for a living I, I you know you have a beautiful home and he said i run a business from my home and i had never heard of this and i said you run a business from your home and he said yeah you know yeah i run a business from my home and yeah and i said well i've never heard of that so you so you're trying to tell me you don't go to work every day doing something that you hate doing working with people that you don't like working with fighting traffic going there fighting traffic going home you're trying to tell me you know because that's all i've ever seen and he says no i i love what i do and he and he brought me in in his house that day and you know he was running he had a, a, a internet-based business um and this was you know we're talking back in in 2000 uh, not in 2000 but we're talking back in 97 98 kind of dated myself but um you know, uh, but that that planted a seed, and I said, I don't know how, I don't know doing what, but one day, man, I, I that I, I would love to run a business from my home, and, and that really planted that entrepreneurial seed that began to be watered with so many other other ventures that um that we that I've taken on since that time. So, <laughs> wow, man. <clears throat> so actually, no, that's 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 powerful. What I love about that story, right, is. To your point, it is the seed that ends up getting watered and then starts to bear fruit for future generations because you had that one moment of being exposed to something different, something outside of your comfort zone. And you recognize, you know, whether it be in that moment or in hindsight, the power of that exposure and hearing his story, seeing mm -hmm. that this thing is it's not intangible. It's not a dream. It can be a reality. This man is living it. Right. And, and so I, I love the fact that, you know, where you're at now, you know, with rise, your whole focus is on being able to highlight similar stories and experiences of success for people of color so that the kid growing up in a disadvantaged area doesn't have to rely on the luck of being assigned to the east side to get mm -hmm. this exposure right yeah. they can come to your organization and get that level of exposure i think it's powerful and, and powerful and, and, and you know there's a couple things man you know number one i always say finding is reserved for the seekers and 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 you got to go out and seek right and, and so ringing that doorbell that day knocking on that door man that's what i always tell people you gotta go knocking on the doors metaphorically right and that was an interesting thing that happened it also speaks to to changing of the attitude when we talk about leadership it's about attitude so that first two weeks on the on the job i had a very poor attitude right and that that situation that experience changed my attitude and from there i began going to the supervisor saying hey listen when you got some when you uh, on the weekend i want to work extra routes and put me in you know more of these areas that i'm not familiar with and then i began delivering to you know the college campuses and to to lockheed martin and began just to have this curiosity so that attitude shift 
really changed so much. And so I always say, you know, success, man, it really begins with, you know, your attitude and your state of mind. And, and so um, and so I just think that's so, so, so very important. Yeah, real quick. So I got to share with you. Um, we have a we have a tradition um, on the pod when we hear something that is really powerful, like we call it out as a bar. And when you said that finding is reserved for the seeking, that is a whole bar uh, for sure. That's definitely getting taken. I'm going to add that to my arsenal, man. That was awesome. Yeah. Finding is reserved for the seekers, man. Yeah, it's not for those it. who want it. It's not for those who want it, man, but it's those who go out and seek. You just can't hope and want and you got to go out and seek, man. And and those are the ones that get the door that get the doors open and get exposed to to um, real opportunities, man. They put in the work and plant the seeds. So from those early seeds that were planted and you continue to do that work, you know, to 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 knock on doors and seek opportunities. How did that lead you to to rise and kind of the start uh, of rise? Oh. Life? You know, phenomenal. So, so I ultimately did start my own business, man. And, and my first business that I started, I opened up a real estate company. And um, you know, I had bought my first house. I, I, I guess I've always had kind of this service mentality. I bought my first home, and I bought it at 22 years old. Um, you know, and, and I started out, I had bad credit, you know, but I had a good job at the time, but I had bad credit and didn't have a lot of money saved. And so, you know, we know how that all goes, but, you know, I made the commitment. I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, to make this thing happen. So I got my credit straightened out and, and saved some money and, and wind up buying my first home at 22 years old. And so when I bought my first home, I said, man, how come more people don't own? Because it's just that sense of ownership, you know, just, just, you know, was a, was a certainly, again, it, it was a positive feeling. And my parents didn't own their home till I was there. They were probably in their mid forties, you know, at that point. And so I said, you know, I, I need to find out how come more people of color from these communities don't own. Got into real estate, did well in it. This was the market was booming. And as a result, opened up my own real estate brokerage. And, and I really like to then at that point hire, um, you know, really begin to hire these agents who could come in and work for me and I could train them. And, and uh, we began scaling that. Uh, the success of that allowed me to invest in other now now that entrepreneurial seed is 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 planted and, and is watering and is thriving and so i began to invest in other small mom and pop type businesses i was in the uh i owned a, a hair salon slat that grew into a day spa you know never cut a, a single head a day in my life man but it was a, a nice cash flow for you know cash flowing for us and as a result of those successes man i would be asked to speak to entrepreneurial, I'm asked to speak to youth groups, I'm sorry. And, you know, people say, well, you know, how do you come from, you know, crime hills and all of this negative background to, you know, this success that you're experiencing as an entrepreneur? I had been recognized by the Orlando Business Journal um, and had won an Entrepreneur of the Year Award. And as a result of that journey, man, I would speak to these youth. Um, they would say, man, we, they, they would just gravitate to me after I got done speaking. And they said, we see athletes, right? And we see the entertainers and we see those people, but we don't see people like yourself, like you, you're running your own business. And at the time, you know, I had a little less, 
in the middle. We had a little less gray going on. I'm looking at Jimmy, man. Jimmy, Jimmy don't have any gray, man. We, oh, man. It's, it's, they're there, bro. They're there. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, you know, reality is they would come up to me and I said, you know, what are you talking about? There are just so many dynamic, you know, people out here doing phenomenal things. And they said, well, we don't see them. And and I said, well, you know, I want to do something. We, we got to do something about that. And that's when, you know, I always say entrepreneurs, man, they, they love problems. And, you know, they love problems because every problem bears with it a seed of opportunity. And as you know, and as a result, this was an opportunity. I said, I want to tell these stories. And, and, and so we launched Rise and we started off as a magazine, interestingly. Um, and this was 2011. And obviously magazines were were going out of out of style you know everything's going digital and we had a digital presence as well but you know we did a full color glossy print publication and it was i did it for a reason i wanted people to take us serious i didn't want people to see us as this little blog site and so um we did a full color glossy and um and we would distribute that throughout the central florida area and uh as we as you know rise stands for recognizing the young successful and empowered and uh, we just told these great and dynamic stories but even beyond that we would host these events every time we released a new issue and that was really where the business model for us was at you know the, the magazine itself was a lost leader and so we would do the rise awards and the women on the rise honors and um pretty soon companies began wanting to do business with us pepsi um State Farm, BB&T Bank, you know, we were corralling hundreds of upwardly mobile young professionals in the room and they wanted to connect with that demographic. And so uh, pretty soon we had, you know, Fortune 500 clients that were advertising and we were doing marketing for them. Mm. That's that journey. <laughs> so many memories, man. I just, you know, I think about throughout the years meeting you up. I, I think it was, I think I ran into you like in a Walmart or something like that. We hadn't seen each other. And yeah, I remember mm -hmm. telling me the story about the real estate, mm -hmm. about the hair salon. I'm like, man, look at this cat. Okay. <laughs> you, you didn't mention it, but I also on social media, uh, the book, I think it's called uh, Cubicle to CEO. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mm -hmm. And even when I did Trinity Fitness, you know, I also remember uh, us meeting together, having lunch. And again, just the the encouragement, mm -hmm. uh, the support mm -hmm. uh, that you mm -hmm. were providing me at the time. And um, again, just the heart that you have for, for entrepreneurs and people who are trying to do big things in corporate mm -hmm. America, in the community. Um, yeah. And then a and the highlight for me, too. Um, was the the event uh that you hosted it as well with man i just had his name and it, it just left my mind um, um the motivation yes brown. brown yes yes that was mm -hmm. phenomenal as well so um yeah man it's, man it's good to see all of those you know listening to you tell the story but also thinking in my mind those memories and all those different spots along the way kind of from the outside looking in uh, but kind of coming yeah. in and out you know our relationship and friendship throughout that time mm -hmm. so Pretty cool. Yeah, no, no, I, I and I, I appreciate that, Jimmy. And yes, you you mentioned the book and and the the journey itself with Rise, man. It's just phenomenal. It's opened us up to, um, you know, opened me up to to people that I never that I put on my list. So I, I'm a very goal oriented person, man. And so I, I write down my goals and 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 I and I like okay and, and I break it down. Like if there's people I want to meet, I'll put it down. And I'm I'm usually I'm not a starstruck type of person so I you know usually on my list is not the 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 you know Beyonce's or the or the entertainers like that I'm usually uh I like people that have 
come from nothing and not mm-hmm. the entertainment zone, but I, I, I love business people. Like, cause it's, it's, you know, it's a whole different world. Mindset. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a whole different mindset, right? When, you know, you have to take this intellect and try to build something from it and not necessarily just entrepreneurs, but people who are, who have taken that, that, you know, their expertise and their intellect and, and, and either climb the ladder in the corporate world or built something. And so, um, you know, Les Brown was one of those people that I had on my list, man. And uh, and this is, goes to show the power of, of writing down your goals. He was always somebody that, you know, I hit, hit a dark point at one time and I got into Les Brown and would listen to, you know, I listened to some spiritual things and then I would listen to him from a motivational perspective. And I put it out, I said, man, one day I want to, I want to meet Les. And I, I remember we were, uh, we were coming off, we had hosted an event and as a result of a lot of things going on at the time, the event didn't go as well. And it kind of put me in the hole. And I was in this negative bad. I was just in this negative state. And I'll never forget, man, I got this phone call and it was like a Las Vegas number. And I didn't answer because, you know, I was like, who is this calling me? You know, you, you kind of screen mm-hmm. your call nowadays, right? And so I... um. I, I remember listening to the, you know, I listened to the voicemail like, okay, well, who is this? And it was Les Brown calling me, right? And he was calling me and left this motivational message. So somebody had told him about the work that we were doing with Rise and those type of things. And so here is this person that I had on my list of goals. And, and so my point is that, you know, that, that list of goals, man, is so important because you don't even know how these things will manifest if you just put it down and say, this is what I, I, I want to achieve. These are the places I want to go. These are the people that I want to meet. Right. And, and, and I'll tell you, everybody that's been on my list of goals that I wanted to meet, you know, it, it has manifested. And so goals are important. Oh, that's awesome. So that was uh, episode 17. Uh, yeah, it was, 17. All, it was all goal setting. So you, yeah, you just broke down some of the, the key points that we gave. It's how powerful it is to not just mm-hmm. think about the things that you want to accomplish, but actually write them down. And again, how powerful it is how when you do that and you're looking at it, you're reading it and you're putting plans together, how it just manifests itself. Uh, yeah, that work. Yeah, man, you you know, you got to set that sail. I, you know, I always say, man, you know, it's like, you know, our mind can be like this sailboat that's out on the water, man. And if you don't set the sail to where you want to go, man, you'll just blow all over the place, man. And so you just that, that the goal setting is like is basically like setting the sail. And so, you know, that was the origin of, of, of Rise and, and, you know, where we're where we've manifested to you know is just phenomenal so we launched the company as i shared with you all uh in in florida and uh you know i love florida born and raised in florida but i knew that we wanted to scale and do what we were doing on a national scale and so i said okay well it's time to begin expanding and we wanted to go to a a a larger market you know miami just wasn't the the right fit for us i went to new york for a little while just to kind of fill out that market way too massive of a market i like new york i love the mindset the progressiveness of that market but it was just way too massive for us to to try to penetrate and so you know i came to atlanta man and and fell in love with atlanta and uh we ultimately moved the company here uh i think about five years ago man and Mm. so you know landed here and um you know, made a bit of a pivot actually when we when we got here. So that's another thing. You know, you can you 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 certainly have be be stubborn with regards to the things you want to accomplish, but you know, you got to be flexible with the path that that is that gets you there. And so, you know, 
we launched, moved, moved the company here and realized that there were some greater opportunities uh, beyond what we were doing. Bigger market means bigger vision. Mm. So mm. that's what brought us, brought us to um, the next iteration of the company rise. Yeah, I like that, man. That's actually another bar, right? A bigger market, a bigger <laughs> vision. And I think that can apply not just, you know, as an entrepreneur, definitely as an entrepreneur, but mm -hmm. um, in any other, you know, kind of industry, whether you're trying to work your way up that corporate ladder. Um, I mm -hmm. think a lot of times at entry level, you kind of have this idea of, you know, if I'm entry level cubicle, like how do I become supervisor or lead? Right. And as you get exposed to more and more of the organization, your vision starts to grow and then you start to manifest some bigger things that you couldn't even fathom when you were just the entry level employee. So I love that. Man, I agree. And, and you know, speaking to, to that that very same point, I'll tell you a frustration that I have when I deal with somebody that is in the corporate America. And, and it's something that I try to get them to see. And that with what you just mentioned is so key. And that's looking at the company from a bigger from a bigger perspective. Right. So if you if you want to climb up that corporate ladder, you got to understand that you got to think the way the CEO uh, you know, or the leader of that company is thinking. And, and what they're doing is they're looking at the greater vision for the company. So they have to understand a little bit about each department, whereas, you know, what we what we do on an entry level or what we do sometimes on that on that on that level is we're focused on our department and what you know what can our department you know just just our department. But you you really have to begin to understand how does my department tie into this other department and this other department and how does this affect the whole grand scheme of the company because i'll come to somebody and, and they may work in one department and i'm pitching them uh, you know how we could do business with them that could even be beneficial for that for that corporate co company but they're so focused in tunnel vision on what they do they can't even see the grand scheme and i'm like okay well i see i'm gonna have to go above, above you. you yeah i'm gonna have to go above you well this would have been a feather in your cap if you had brought this and it was a win you know, this is how you begin to curry favor if you're helping and doing things that that help move the company forward and move the bottom line and not just accomplish these, you know, these these things for your department, but looking at it from a bigger perspective. And so, you know, that that speaks to what you just said and shared. No, absolutely, man. You have to maintain, a, especially in the corporate space, you have to always maintain like a biz dev mindset, regardless mm -hmm. of what your role is in the organization. Absolutely. Right. Um, absolutely. So so you kind of talked about um, the evolution, right? Kind of the inception of the organization, the evolution, um, you know, balancing all of these different responsibilities, man. I, I got to know, like, how do you how do you manage to keep yourself organized as an entrepreneur? Right. When you are literally at all right. You're the, the CEO <laughs> marketing, you're the driving force, you're the vision. Right. You're you know in the minute details and you're also 30,000 feet up, making mm -hmm. sure that you're still making the right progress. Like, how do you maintain your time and just making sure you stay organized? Man, it's really about aligning with people who are strong in the areas where you're weak. And, and that's really what it boils down to, man. You know, I I like to, I, you know, I know a little bit about everything and I know enough to know when I'm bringing somebody on that knows what they're what they're talking about versus, you know, somebody who's just dabbling or playing around, you know, you got a plus players and you got people that are C players that are just average. Right. And, you know, and I always say, you know, just, you know, extraordinary is just that little bit extra. Right. Mm -hmm. It's just that little bit extra. That's extraordinary uh, compared to ordinary. And so um, 
And so that's really what I try to do is, man, just identify people who are extraordinary in what they do in the areas that I'm weak at and and, um, and just really try to align with them. And so it's about building out those key people. And, and, and sometimes I'll be honest with you, when you're starting out, it's tough. And, I, you know, if I'm if I'm going to be real here, sometimes when you're starting out, with, with something and Jimmy, you you know when you were building when Trinity Fitness, you know you were building this company. Sometimes you have I always say there's a there's committed and then there's competent, right? There's a difference, right? So sometimes the committed people they aren't always the most competent, right? You know when it comes to doing stuff, they aren't necessarily the A plus players, but they are very committed to the cause and you can you can rely on them and then as you begin to grow and as you begin to 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 scale then you have to begin to identify okay well now this person is is committed but they don't really have the skills in this area that you know that can help us elevate above that level and so you then begin to have to make that shift and it's hard sometimes it's hard because you know you got these people who have been committed and you can still find ways to to keep them involved but you also if you're trying to scale you got to begin to say okay well i need now somebody who is competent and they understand and they're an a plus player and they understand what it need what we need to to get us to that next level and above no, I, I I like that, especially because you know when we talked about time management in a prior episode, one of the things we bought broke down was around uh, delegation, right? And I think that's mm-hmm. what you're kind of touching on, mm-hmm. understanding what tasks require my level of expertise, and then what what tasks don't. And if it doesn't require my level of expertise, how can I get that task to the person who is the expert in that space? Um, mm-hmm. But I also really appreciate you bringing up the difference between committed, right, and competent. Um, cause that is, that is something, uh, that I can imagine you run into, especially as an entrepreneur, if you're building something from the ground up, you may have mm-hmm. some people that are on fire for the vision, the mission, but they mm-hmm. don't necessarily have the robust skill set to mm-hmm. take the organization to the next level. It may be a good fit for where we're at right now, mm-hmm. but when we talk about scaling Absolutely. in the future, it just may be a little bit beyond their depth. And that's where you as a leader have to be able to navigate that transition while still keeping them engaged, mm-hmm. but moving towards somebody that may be a little bit more competent to get you to where you need to be. So I, I really appreciate you sharing that that word of advice. Yeah, man, I, hey, I'm just speaking from, from real life, but it's a real life situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's helpful, man, it's helpful. So, um, so we talked a little bit about just kind of how, you know, the, you built the organization, how you managed to, to stay organized and on track and meet all your uh, professional demands. Um, so let's talk a little bit about like what at what point did you know, like leadership itself was your calling? Right. Like I know we touched on it maybe just a little bit and um, your entrepreneurial story is definitely there. We can see where, you know, kind of that passion and that grind to want to create something different for yourself and, you, and your family. Um, comes from, but how did you know that at the end of the day, like leadership being an a influencer in your community and with other people of color and other young men, um, you know, was your calling at the end of the day? You know, I, I that's a, that's a great question, and and you know, it really boils down to, I mean, this is this is biblical, and and really what it boils down to is, I just like to serve, man. I just like to serve and, and they all, you know, the Bible says that, the, the, you know, if you want to be great, you know, the greatest of thee, you know, is a servant to the least of thee. Mm-hmm. And so everything, everything that I've always done is always been about 
you know, serving, right? Being of service to somebody. I mean, you know, Rise was created because I wanted to serve, you know, the, these individuals who said they didn't see these stories and, and you know, where we're evolving to with Rise Creative Village. And so it's always about serving. And so when you, when you have that commitment or that desire to serve, um, then I believe that, you know, God begins to give you this vision and so what you become servant to is that 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 vision of serving and, and you begin sharing that vision, right? You just begin sharing that vision with people. And and the more and more you share that that greater vision with individuals, you begin to find people who 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 align with the vision. It may not even be you. It's that vision. Right. So they, they are they are attracted to um, that vision that you have. And so. I think that's really what it boils down to. So, you know, when it comes down to leadership, I mean, I, I know I realized because I began to be responsible for people, I had to develop my leadership skills. But it really just boiled down to to being of, you know, just wanting to serve. Mm. And, and, you know, if you it, it always tell people, you know, if you look at the greatest people in history or some of the, the people who have achieved a level of greatness, you know, they all had different personalities, right? They, they all had these different personalities and character traits and things like that. But the, the, the thing that they all had in common, if they were, if they were truly great and seen, you know, history as, as, you know, recorded them and, and you look back, you said, man, that was a great person. They all were about serving, right? It's mm. always been tied to somebody that was committed to serving others. And so I think that's really what you got to begin to understand and you begin to, to do. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, pre I appreciate that, man, especially because um, the, the thing that I take away from that message, which I wholeheartedly agree, right? It's more about um, the spirit and the intent of wanting to serve individuals and doing right by others. And um, that is the motivator for expanding your skill set, right? It's not that you have to come to leadership as this finished product where, you know, I know how to give a, you know, the, the resounding ball coach speech and I know how to, you know, help you navigate the situation. I don't have to be a polished product from that perspective, but if my heart is genuinely rooted in the desire to, to serve and to serve you and to serve others. People see that they recognize that you can't fake that it's authentic and people gravitate towards it. Yes. And then to your point, um, you know, because I also believe that it is biblical, right, that um, at that point, you know, God puts you on that path or creates that mm -hmm. vision for you to say this is what you need to do in order to um, now become better. Right. And mm -hmm. have more tools so that you can serve more. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that's Absolutely. awesome. Man. I think that's awesome. Uh, uh, you know, you totally on point and that's and so i'm always you know looking at ways to enhance the leadership skills because i know that okay as we begin to to, to scale and we begin to you know uh, bring in more people with what we're you know into what we're doing you know there's just different levels to it and you know and and you got to begin to develop your skill set um, you also got to align with with mentors who can provide you with some insight. And, and, and it's so funny because as I elevate to the next level, I, I realize, man, I, I have to align with, you know, mentors that are on that level or that are, are greater, you know, on a greater level, because the, the challenges that you begin to face 
are you know are you know they get greater than the, the more you begin to scale and the more you begin to grow um, your company and more you begin to, to serve and so um, you know we got challenges now that we're dealing with as we as we scale so mm. absolutely mm. powerful man powerful stuff yeah I'm just you know taking notes of all the nuggets that are being dropped and when we talk to our legacy leaders about you know, what does it really mean to be a leader worth following? You mentioned earlier, you have to have competence. Yeah, you need to be committed, but you have mm -hmm. to have a certain level of confidence. Mm -hmm. It really needs to be about serving others and not serving mm -hmm. yourself and mm -hmm. humility, right? So mm -hmm. being humble though, helps me to realize that I don't have it all figured out. And in order mm -hmm. to do that, yeah, I can read and I can do these different things to increase my knowledge and to, to develop my skills, but let me go sit at somebody else's feet. Mm -hmm. get mentors mm -hmm. that are going to be able to teach me and help me uh, and encourage me along the way so that I can continue to uh, to increase my knowledge, my skills and take it to that next level. Like you said, the the more responsibility that I get and mm -hmm. the the further that I'm trying to go, the person who I am today is probably or, my, or even the team, the, the team and the person I, that we have today are probably not what we need. Uh, that to get us where we want to go tomorrow, you know, so, so in order mm -hmm, to get to that mm -hmm. future state, into that vision, mm -hmm. we're going to have to level up. We're going to have to level up mm -hmm. our knowledge, our skills, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. all of those things are just great points again and fit right yeah. into what it means and, to truly be a leader worth following. And, and you, you mentioned something, Jimmy, you mentioned about, about humbleness and, and, you know, I believe in that, but I'll also add something to that, that I've noticed, you know, shifted in me. Right. And, and that is, as we begin to, um, as I begin to develop my skills and we begin to scale, you know, I've always been humble and hey, I, I want to learn. But then there became a shift where um, where the confidence kicked in, and, I, and there's times where I'm talking with my team, and I, you know, we just had this um, with our our you know the person who handles communications for us, and and she was saying, well, hey, Jay, with our project, here's a couple other. Um, projects that are very similar, you know, this could be competition for us. They're, they're operating in the same space and this could be competition. And it got to, I'm, I'm at a point now where I'm like, no, 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 they're, <laughs> they're not really competition because I know, right, I know the lane that we're in and I know who we're looking to serve. And if anything, they can be collaborative partners. But, you know, there is no competition with with the vision that we have. And, and I don't even want to you know, compare myself to them because we're in a different lane. We're doing a, a, you know, our own thing. And we are I, I know the vision that I have and they don't have my vision. They may be you know, operating in the same space, but they don't have my vision. And so now I'm, I'm to, you know, confident is on, on level 10, right? you know what I mean? <laughs> on level 10. And so I still want to learn, but at the same, you know, I'm still open to learning, but at this stage, you know, I'm like, no, no, no. I know that, you know, what we're working on now, they, they're going to come, they're going to want to be a part of what we're doing. And there's going to be, and we need to look at ways to begin to collaborate as well. So um, mm. there becomes a shift. Mm. <laughs> no, well said. I respect that. Oh, for sure. I mean, as a leader, you know, it, when you're when you're looking to influence and you're looking to I maybe mean, you're not looking for followers, but people want to follow folks that mm -hmm. are confident. So, yeah, there mm -hmm. needs to be a certain level of, of mm -hmm. humility, but you also have mm -hmm. to be confident in, in your skill set. Right. And your yes. competence level and the vision that you have and knowing that mm -hmm. this is this is where we're going. These are the things that we need to do in order to, to get there. And like mm -hmm. you said, and it's really important what you said about knowing the lane that we're in and also knowing who we're trying to serve. 
So mm-hmm. I know my audience. I know the lane we're in. I know the direction that we're going. And I'm super confident in that, that, yeah, I'm not worrying about whatever the people are doing because this is where we're at. And I love mm-hmm. how you said, too, they could be a collaborative partner, but they're, mm-hmm. they're not somebody Absolutely. who I'm going to necessarily fear or be afraid of as competition mm-hmm. because yeah. I know the vision. I know the direction that we're headed. Mm-hmm. And it gives who we're trying to serve. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So we talked, yeah. we talked, no, go ahead. No, no, no. You know, I, what I what I haven't talked about and, and I don't want to take it, you know, but we haven't talked about the evolution of, of Rise. Right. So I've talked about the magazine and 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 we can get into this at some point. But um, but where we are now since moving to Atlanta, what we've evolved to and, and how um, we look to be of even greater service and how that how the vision has evolved from that magazine i wish i had one in front of me that i could hold it up you know, i have to get one but uh no no but by just, all means man i'm excited to again this was probably a couple of weeks ago on linkedin and i see your post uh and my excitement just went to another level realized, <laughs> again your vision and what you're trying to do not trying but what you are doing in the community mm-hmm. and where you're going uh, with this particular project so by all means yeah i, I want to hear all about it absolutely man and so i, I mentioned how um, you know, we moved the company to Atlanta and, and we just saw, you know, even greater opportunity. So we were still doing the same thing, you know, but it was interesting, you know, about Atlanta, you know, great market. I, I, I do like it here because, you know, very progressive. Uh, but what you also have is you got people that are operating on a different level than what we were used to, where we were, where we were coming from. And so, you know, what we were doing, it was small time in the, in the market that we were moving to. So, you know, we went from being a big fish in a small pond to being, you know, this little teeny tiny tadpole in a much bigger in a much bigger fund. And that's when I made this statement, you know, bigger market mean bigger vision. And uh, and so, you know, I, we kept doing what we were doing. But as as I mentioned, entrepreneurs always looking for, you know, opportunities. Uh, we're not, you know, they, they're looking for problems, right? Because they know every problem bears with it a seed of opportunity. And uh, as we were working with these creatives who were working with on, on the storytelling, you know, one of the things that, that is going on within this market here in Atlanta is you got the a lot of production and film and music and it's just this creative hub and we all we know about hip-hop music and you know all of this the stuff that that was birthed out of out of you know atlanta a market like atlanta and so you know we work with a lot of these creators because we were creating content for these brands and you know and doing marketing and you know i would talk to a lot of these creators and i say hey man you know you got you know multi-billion dollar film and production market taking place here in atlanta you know i know you're getting you know taking advantage of that and uh they said well you know and i don't even know how to get plugged in and so one of the things that we know about creatives is they're very good at creating don't always understand business right (laughs) so and, and that's a whole different mindset of how do you land you know working on a a a set of a 10 or 50 billion dollar you know movie production right if i'm a photographer or if i'm a videographer how do i go from you know just doing you know stuff with individuals to to landing on on one of those type of projects and so that's what we saw a real opportunity because again serving i'm looking at these creatives and they're having a problem where they're they're doing okay but they're not tapping into this multi-billion dollar you know production market here which is all about storytelling 
And, you know, and these are creatives who understand storytelling. They're telling story through multimedia, digital media, things like that. And so it all tied in to the core of what we believe in. And these are creatives that want to tell unique and you know unique stories that aren't often told that goes back to the narrative of us seeing those positive images you know we think about black panther and how positive that was for you know the african-american community to see this black superhero on the big screen right and that was very powerful and now you got student you know you got kids you know instead of being superman or batman they want to be you know t'challa you know and, and, and so you know things like that and so that birthed this whole concept of what we call Rise Creative Village, man. And, and Rise Creative Village is, is um, a project where we recently purchased a former Atlanta public school, which was not an easy process, but we purchased a, a former school that has been closed for about 16 years, man. So you got this property that's 31,000 square feet sitting on four acres of land uh, that's just been sitting dormant and vacant, man. And we're converting it into this content production studio and development an incubator for creatives that operate in the film, music, and digital media industry. And so now we have our, we will have our own studio to tell great and dynamic stories that get back to the core of where the vision all started from. And now we can, you know, provide this incubator for these creatives. And another unique thing about it, man, that we're excited about it is it's, it's less than a mile or, you know, it's about a mile from Tyler Perry Studios, who is who is probably one of the most well-known storytellers right now from our community. And so um, we're just excited because it just creates a great opportunity. We're bringing together, you know, film and music and, you know, people who are doing the things that you all are doing. I mean, right now you're you all have a platform where you're allowing people to tell these stories and get the the inspiration and the, the resources that they need to develop themselves. And so we're creating a hub um, to to house all of that. And, and and the thing about it is what I also love about it when you're in the media space, you know, niche is important, right? You gotta you gotta speak to a specific audience. You gotta know your audience because you gotta speak to your audience. If you you know if you're a Republican, you know. You, you're going to watch Fox and Fox caters to the Republicans. If you're a Democrat, you're going to watch M MSNBC. Right. And that's the media. That's the way the media works. But with this, this is creatives as a whole. So now we get to expand and we get to serve you know, the creative community as a whole. Now, we know that, you know, communities of color often, you know, are disproportionately have less access to opportunities. So, of course, that that's important to us. But now um, we're just being able to serve an even greater uh, market of people and uh, and expand upon the vision. So while we're working on this first location and getting this first location open, you know, the vision then begins to, you know, launch into other markets and, and really begin to build this creative, as we call it, ecosystem, you mm -hmm. know. <laughs> and so that's really what we're that's really what it's about man. and so um serving again goes back to the core right we want to serve uh and, and you know serve these people who have these dynamic talents that are often undervalued yeah absolutely i appreciate like kind of what the most exciting aspect of that right is the fact that you guys are providing um you know a platform and resources for these stories to be told and i think um again you can't under 
understate the value of storytelling like you went back to you know some of the individuals that their name has echoed throughout history right these are folks that we've never seen with our own eyes but we know their accolades we know their stories we know the stories of mm-hmm. alexander the great we know the story of mm-hmm. um you know caesar we know the uh, julius caesar we know the story of uh, napoleon we know the story of all of these individuals right where their stories have reverberated through history mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. because somebody has told their story mm-hmm. over and over and over and over yeah, again. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's not that, um, you know, necessarily that there weren't other great individuals that were around at that time, but maybe those stories were never articulated. Those stories were never expressed. And so they've mm-hmm. gotten lost in history. And, um, yeah, I, I think about even right now, like, you know, with my youngest Linux, you know, so much of his development is is you know driven especially he's one years old right so so much of his development his early formative years is being driven by the stories that he's getting exposed to not just from me and Mm -hmm. you know and and his mother but also you know when he's watching tv right when he's listening to music like all of these things are helping to shape his worldview and what he Mm -hmm. where he sees his value is in the world and so to your point the more that you're able to create a platform for people of similar backgrounds similar Mm -hmm. upbringings people who may traditionally have not been able to tell their stories Mm -hmm. right even though they may have compelling stories like to give them a space to do that um i think is extremely exciting man and um you know um i think anything so i'm I'm a firm believer anything that you can do in order to elevate the creative right um and help the creative be able to connect and tell their stories and kind of tell the next great american novel whatever that may be or american story right that story of diversity um is going to be powerful and have an impact on generations to come man so i'm super excited about uh where rise is heading man it sounds like a, a awesome 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 mission an awesome journey Man, we're excited about it as well, brother. <laughs> we are excited about it as well, man. And so you 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 totally understand where where we're coming from and, and what I also love about this is that I mean, we are so gifted, we are so talented um, you know, as a as a people, but this particular facility allows us to bring a lot of that talent together under one roof, right? So I may be great at at cinematography. I may be great at filming and right, doing video and video production and things like that. Um, but now I have the potential to connect with somebody who's great at sound and audio engineering, right? And then and uh, I might, you know, then be able to create, I might be in this environment now where somebody who's great at storytelling, who's got, you know, who's great with the pen, but, you know, I got all of these stories. I just don't know how to bring them to life. And so now I can connect with this videographer who can who can shoot these things and I can connect with this audio engineer who can who can really sound mix this thing for me. And so we just create this environment and then I can connect with somebody who who is, um, you know, creating these tracks and they might can put some music and a soundtrack behind what we're doing. And so now you're creating this environment where, as before, all of these talented people were fragmented all over the place. Now we can bring them all together under one roof and the business side and what I'm good at is building relationships. So we're meeting people from Amazon, meeting with people from Amazon studios and some of these other, you know, other um, more corporate brands that need these stories. And so now we can also help to not only bring these creatives together, but then help to facilitate connections to real opportunities within the industry for them to be paid for 
that creativity mm. and and, um, and that culture that they bring. Awesome. Makes sense. Perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I mean, I, I just again, I get you know, literally getting goosebumps just listening to you kind of. <laughs> I get excited, man, about the opportunity that you're trying to create. Um, obviously us having a friendship and, and just being sincerely happy for you and happy for the community. And, and it's great when somebody is telling a story and they're casting a vision and, and you can see it. And obviously having mm -hmm. seen some of the pictures and stuff and, and the work that's going on right now and the future state, uh, it's, it is very, it's just exciting. Uh, it's inspirational. And, and I think about, you know, those different people who are going to be in that spot you know, mm -hmm. doing all of those things that you just mentioned, making videos, you know, filming, creating music. Um, I told you, maybe you want to have a chance to go down there one day and, you know, record one of our podcast sessions. Uh, no, that would be that would be phenomenal, man. You all come up for a week once we get open and things and maybe come up for, you know, for a weekend and you all line up multiple. There's some great stories. So you all line mm -hmm. up multiple things. Right. And so just just all the all the opportunities and and um and and it started and and, and to to, to kind of piggyback and you know i know we're probably running out of time but you know when i started this man when i started this whole rise creative village concept man you know they they, they say great ideas often have lonely childhoods mm. you know great ideas often have lonely childhoods and basically what that means is that you know you might have this idea and i'm talking about cast and vision but everybody can't see it initially and so sometimes it's just you right and so i was telling people about you know this whole rise creative village concept and and there was not a lot of belief in it there was not a lot of people that wanted to get behind the concept and then when we found this school property you know i found this school property and i said hey man this could be it and i mean you're talking about a building that's been vacant for 16 years so people come in man jay are you crazy look at this building right and it was a solid building but you know i mean you know you got windows busted out and homeless people have been living in the building and things like that and so but i could clearly clearly see you know this vision for this thing and what it could ultimately be and so i just stayed true i stayed committed to the vision and committed to the impact that it could have and that you know and the why and so when we talk about leadership man you got to find the why man and that's where that service comes in and i knew that we could really really have i knew and could see the impact that thing that you could see now jimmy i could see it clearly when you know when i was walking on that property and when people were telling me i was crazy i was committed and it took us two and a half years because aps i mean they didn't want to sell it to me they're like who, who is this guy right who, who, who are we turning this property over to and um and so it took a while man i had to you know i had to jump through all kind of hoops they they didn't make it easy and uh but i was committed and now i mean we have a meeting coming up at the property saturday where we're gonna you know do some social distancing but we have people from these various different industries who are who are leaders in these industries in the entertainment world music and i mean we're bringing these people together they're coming and meeting at the property because now they see the vision now they want to be a part of it and i'm talking about notable names who are you know we can't it's a little early for me to mention but now we're starting to get some of those people on board that can open up 
even more doors for us and really begin to get even more buy-in to where, you know, Rise, you know, pretty soon Rise Creative Village is going to be a name that people are going to be hearing in terms of the 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 what we're building and, and things like that. And so it all started, man, with that vision. And so if I can speak to anything with regards to leadership to people, man, stay true to your vision, stay committed, stay faithful, stay prayed up, keep believing and, and, and don't give up. You have to pivot. You might have to shift. You might have to, you know, re, re recalibrate and that's fine, but understand what is your why and stay committed and keep, pushing and pretty soon man people are calling you it was people who i was calling it was people who i was calling i'm like man i got this going on there oh yeah okay yeah yeah you know emailing them and they were hitting back and now they're reaching out to me hey man you know i want to find out how i can be involved you know and that's fine with me i'm like absolutely come on in here you know you didn't ask me before but that's fine uh you know (laughs) man now that was uh great words of advice you know for our legacy leaders out there that are listening uh, and i'm just again just sitting here writing you know so, some of those nuggets down stay true stay committed to your vision and i, I know devon i kind of looked at each other as you were saying it uh know your why because we've been mm-hmm. talking about that almost every session over the last five yes. episodes you know about goal setting and productivity but in all those things, right, it's helping you to achieve your purpose and to achieve your vision. But if you don't know your, why you're doing this in the first place, I do have one more question for you because you're going to hit adversity, right? And mm-hmm. if you don't have a solid grasp mm-hmm. of your why and that vision, it's going to be easy to give up. Um, mm-hmm. You know what? This is not worth it. So talk mm-hmm. to us about in the past or maybe even recently some of the adversity that you've gone through. And as a leader, it's easy to lead through the the, the easy times. Uh, but how do you lead through that adversity? You know, uh, yeah, we man definitely, definitely face some some difficult times, man. I mean, you know, going through this, going through this process was was not an easy one. And, you know, one of the things I I can say, man, I I stayed true to my why. And and this is something that I believe in. that, that we all have a purpose, man. I believe that we all have a, a God-given purpose. And that was what got to me, man, is like, I, I, I know there's a purpose for what I'm doing, man. And I, I know that there's, you know, something greater that I'm supposed to accomplish. And, and I'll tell you what wound up happening. I didn't give up. You know, and I kept pushing. And every time I hit a roadblock, it got to the point where, man, I was like, okay, God, I've done everything that I could do. I've done, you know, I'm going to take it to the spiritual level here because, you know, that's what I know, you know, had a, had a, you know, help me to help me through. And, uh, and every single time I put in the work, now, you know, I, you know, I put in the work, but every single roadblock and, and I didn't, I didn't, you know, I, I knew long-term I'm like, okay, well, I know I'm going to have to face some. Ro- I know I'm going to face some roadblocks way down there, but I'm not going to let that stop. You know, you know, we're working. I mean, this project itself is a is a ten million dollar project, right? And mm-hmm. and and uh, if I would have said, man, I don't even know how in the world I'm going to get ten million dollars, right? If I'd have started there, you know, I would I would have stopped. I would have quit. But I'm like, okay, well, the first thing I need to do is get this thing under contract, right? And so I need ten thousand dollars to get this thing under contract. I'll figure. Yeah, you know, I got to tackle that hurdle first. And so that's why I would say, you know, focus, you know, just 
have the bigger vision and then tackle one hurdle at a time. I got that first, you know, I had that $10,000, put that escrow deposit down. Now we got to go through that pre-purchase stuff. You know, commercial is a lot more expensive. So now I got to figure out this next hurdle. I know sooner or later I got to get this $10 million hurdle, but I, I worry about that later. I got to keep going. And I got to trust and have faith that every step of the way, you know, if I put in the work, you know, that, you know, he's going to open up the door. And that's, I can't tell you, that is the, you know, exactly how it works. And if I had it, I don't have it in front of me, but I can show you that letter of intent now for that $10 million that we needed to do the development of the project. Now I have it, right? Now I have it. But, you know, if I had started and, and, and thought about that, you know, two and a half years ago when I first started working on this, I would have been dead in the water. <laughs> yeah stay true stay committed and, and what i didn't say but i have it written down is is stay prayed up uh, yes and it, it's just so important man like you said to to know maybe you don't have it you know it's not 100 percent clear but knowing it in your heart and your spirit your god-given purpose and staying faithful and staying committed to that and knowing through there's going to be tough times you have to put in the work but sometimes it's like you know mm -hmm. what i'm doing these things but like it's going to take divine intervention in order yeah. to make these things happen and i'm going to have faith that with my work and my faith in god and the prayer that i'm doing that all of those things are going to come together mm -hmm. absolutely and one last thing man i'll say this is you may not have it all together man you mm -hmm. know you know you may not have it all together you know we're redeveloping a, a a property that has been vacant for for 12 years and i had real estate background but i've never developed you know a 31,000 square foot property where you know on some of the land we're building apartment complexes it's going to be live work play and this is you know mm. greater than what i even initially envisioned and if you would have talked to me two and a half years ago you know i would have you know i would have you would have asked me some questions about development. I wouldn't have been able to answer them. And, and, you know, at that time, but I didn't let that stop me. And now you know, I'm meeting with the architects and I'm meeting with the, you know, and I'm, now I'm sharing with them how we're going to do this in development plans. And I, I've, I, you know, I taught my, you know, throughout the process, I won't even say I taught myself. I began to, you know, knock on doors and connect with people who had expertise in those areas, but I didn't have it all figured out in the beginning. And so I think that's important though, because I think a lot of times people look at something that they want to achieve and they see it to be so overwhelming because okay well i want to do this but i've never done anything like this before and so that gives them pause right and they say well you know what it just seems so massive and i don't know how if if, if i could figure this part out or i don't know this part they, they let that stop them and uh, i tell you you know don't let that stop you you move you move forward but you begin but you know you move forward and you be curious you knock knock on those doors that's you know ring those doorbells it goes down to finding again it's reserved for the seekers and i began to seek out information and seek out insight um in those areas where i was weak and um you know we've gotten to this far so i'm thankful well, I, I am thankful that we sought you out, my brother, to, uh, <laughs> to come on to the podcast and provide all of these golden nuggets to our legacy leaders. Um, do you have any any additional questions or anything, Devon? No, man, this has been great. I just want to reiterate, man, this has been a great experience to you know kind of hear your story, Jay, and uh, really hear how you know literally adversity has mentored you, um, you know, from those very early years of, you know, picking up your, your first delivery route, right. To now delivering knowledge, right. To, <laughs> to our legacy like leaders and, uh, and other individuals, man, this has been an awesome, awesome experience, man. So, uh, 
for our legacy leaders, man, let them know how they can find you on social media and start following you, start following Rise and get some more details about the work that you guys are doing in the community. Oh, man. Phenomenal. So they can go on Instagram where Rise Creative Village and Rise is with a Y. So uh, it's unique spelling. But uh, R-Y-S-E Creative Village or at R-Y-C, R-Y-S-E Creative Village on on IG. Um, same thing on, on Facebook. And then um, on Twitter, it's um, Rise Creative Village is V-L-G. But yeah, so we you, know, you connect with us on all of those handles and um, awesome. Going. Yep, doing it right now. There you go. Guys, <laughs> representing our young adults out there and creators striving to make something out of their lives. Man, for individuals determined to rise to the top because they understand the bottom is just too crowded. Absolutely. So, to our legacy leaders out there, the question is: Are you on the rise? Um, again, phenomenal conversation, <laughs> phenomenal time. I appreciate you, my brother, spending some time with us. For our legacy leaders, again, you just got Jay's handle and all of the different ways that you can follow Rise and get more information uh, on the projects and on the company itself and what they're doing in the community. Again, you can also continue to follow us uh, on Instagram and Twitter at Legacy Leadership, on LinkedIn and Facebook, Legacy in Leadership Podcast. Um, remember, take that snapshot, click and then go ahead and go to your stories on Instagram. Tag myself at coach underscore Jimmy G Jr. You can tag Devon at Leadership Docent and leave us some comments, especially about um, this particular episode, what you thought about it, how you felt, the inspiration I'm sure you got, and some of the golden nuggets that maybe we didn't mention, but I know that we're there throughout this conversation. We'd love to hear from you guys as well. Uh, and again, make sure that you share the podcast, share the YouTube channel, this episode specifically with your friends. Um, not just for the golden nuggets, but again, to, to back Jay and back Rise and what they're doing in the community in Atlanta uh, and opening up doors and making opportunities for young creators to be able to tell their story and to help others tell their story and spread. Uh, when we know so many times our stories have been forgotten, they have been buried. And, and in this day and age, it's just so uh, so important for us to continue to, to collaborate, to communicate and share these stories and these different mediums and methods that are out there and available to us. So yeah, Thank you, Jay, for your time and thank you for what you're doing in the community because it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's important, it's special, it's needed. Um, and, and again, as a long-term long -term friend, I just appreciate, again, what you're doing out there. So um, for our legacy leaders, again, we appreciate you guys very much. Uh, until next time, God bless and stay encouraged, y'all. Take care. You have just listened to the Legacy and Leadership Podcast, hosted by Jimmy Gonzalez and Devon Watts. Thank you, and we hope that you live, lead, and leave a legacy worth remembering. Until next time.